Hello and welcome everybody to the Bocce Bros Podcast. This is Dante Lovell. I am joined here by my fellow Bocce brothers, Anthony Cugini and Chris Lovell. Today we have someone I had the pleasure of meeting in Detroit this summer at the ABC Open, Pete Rabito. Pete Rabito is what I would call a bocce enthusiast and his resume speaks for itself. Pete is the president of the American Bocce Club, former vice president of the United States Bocce Federation or better known as the USBF. Listen along today as we discuss the USBF, Nationals, what the heck PRV is, and much, much more. As always, please follow us on all social media platforms at the Bocce Bros. And for any apparel needs or Bocce tournament information, check us out at thebocchebros.com. Thank you for listening, and this is episode 17. Environments I've ever been involved in and around. Um, Lucky to meet Peter, but Peter, we're going to get into a lot of things because I know you, what I would call, and probably people who know you, a seasoned vet when it comes to bocce. Um, So we're going to get into all the things, but uh, just tell us and get us started about, you know, how you got uh, started in the game of bocce. I'm going to say it's just like probably everybody else of Italian descent. Uh, You know, I grew up in Brooklyn, and although my grandparents, we didn't have courts, it was always at the picnics and, you know, the little parks over there, uh, just getting together, just rolling balls. And really, that's what introduced me to the game. Maybe it was like a rite of passage, like everybody has to do it. Mm. But um, only time I played when I was real young was during the picnics and the, and the parties like that. Um, you know, the, the sad part is, and I don't know if it's like this where you guys are from, but my experience in New York is that, when I became a teenager, I mean, I kept I kept trying to play on the local courts, but when I was a young teen, the old guys didn't want us on the courts. They would chase us out and like, you know, you, you can never play. Mm-hmm. And I basically either lost interest or you moved on. I'm looking into girls and school and work, you know, eventually. Um, so it was like, you know, 20 something years before I actually got back into it, maybe 30. I'm dating myself, but um the way that I got back into it, interesting enough, is uh, I got married and we uh, I grew up in Brooklyn, moved to Queens, which is a borough of the city. And then when I got married, my wife's a Bronx girl. We, we wanted to raise a family in the suburbs. So we moved about 45 minutes from Manhattan to Huntington, Long Island. So, you know, one day she's, you know, strolling my daughter in the park and there was a sign about some guy that wanted to start playing bocce. So she knew that I had an interest. She took the little tag and I called up, met the guy. Um, it was him and his brother. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'd love to do this. So, you know, we started playing and then he had a few of his friends. That was the first year. And um, I really liked it, but I didn't really like the direction where this guy wanted to go. I mean, it was only like eight of us, um, but there was, I don't really want to get into it, but there were some things that I really didn't like. Mm-hmm. And the following year, um, we went up to Rome, New York, for the World Series of Bocce. And there was kind of an incident with him and I. And I'm like, I looked around and they said, really, this is what I want. I want structure. I, I want to have the people that are enthusiastic, that want to play, you know, organized, you know, bocce. And not just whatever it was we were doing. Yeah. So lo and behold, we were going back and forth. I asked if I could take over, and he said, no, you know, I want to do it. I don't think you can do it. And then once I heard that, I was like, 
Okay. Yeah. So I said, I'll tell you what, this is a, this was a Monday night league league. It was, like I said, there was maybe 12 of us at this point. I said, I'll tell you what, you keep Monday night and I'm going to start something on Wednesday night. He says, okay, I don't think you can do it. Uh, <laughs> all right. That the, the next time we started that Wednesday, 10 of the 12 came <sighs> and he just, you know, it was done from him mm-hmm. for that on. And, uh, and that was the birth of the American bocce club, the club that I have right now. So that's what I wanted to, I'm glad you brought up how, you know, when you were a teen that you weren't allowed really to play. Um, but being what the president of the American bocce club, when I met you at the ABC open in Detroit, you guys looks like you brought some young guys with you or recruited Absolutely. some young guys. And so is that something you guys are doing or you're pushing as a president to get more young guys? Involved? I, I always do. And that obviously you guys know it. You guys are a lot younger than me. I mean, I want to have more members your age or even younger, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. And um, we're actually having our club general meeting January 8th. And I'm actually doing demographics and trend analysis on ages. And, and we are trending downward, which is fantastic. Uh, we're getting more women, which is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I have, I hit a little wall with Kyle, you met Kyle and James, Mm -hmm. great guys, great club members. And, you know, I keep hammering them. They're only in two years now. I keep, get some of your friends, get your friends, but you know, they try, but you know, you either like it or you don't. Yeah. It's a tough sell sometimes. The problem is, and we all know it, at least the stigma of the old man Italian game, at least in New York here, is prevalent Yeah, and it's a detriment. And that's the first thing I do, you know, when I talk to people, you know, hey, where's Bocce? You know, where, where, where did Bocce originate? You know, everywhere Italy. I said, no, you're absolutely wrong. You know, like everything else, it started in Egypt and, you know, the Romans and they spread it throughout their empire. Just like the Google search when you do, <laughs> right. you get all that, that information and it really rocks their world when they when they hear that. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I make it a point to... Uh, see somebody come over by the fence and watching us, even if we're not in a league game, but if we're like just playing, I'm like, no, no, come on. Yeah. No, no. We just want, no, no, come on in, come on in, throw some balls. It's the, that's how you're going to know if you like it or not. And uh, that helped me tremendously get, uh, get people uh, just to go one more direction. Santo. Yeah. Santo, right? who we met. Santo, in, right? uh, yeah. From the Babylon Bocce club. That's how he joined my club. Him and his family would just stand there watching. I'm like, come on in. Right. So, um, so, yeah, that's really the, trying to break that stigma of old man Italian game. Mm-hmm. That's so do, you guys, do you guys have a, a like a true club club, like do events and functions that more botchery? What, what's your. Yeah, no, we have, uh, you know, last year we had um, we played four nights a week. It was three leagues. I have four courts, so I could only accommodate so many teams. So, uh, you know, the, the Monday night, which was a beginner night, I think we had we had eight leagues. The Tuesday, Wednesday, we had 10. And then the Thursday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, we had uh, 16 teams. Mm. So, um, yeah, no, it's organized. We have tournaments. We have club MVP. Um, yeah, we, we travel, obviously. You know, a group of us travel. We go around because we do, we do really love not just the game, but we love promoting the game. Do you so you, do you guys have your own building as well, like a clubhouse, or is it just – No, we're, in a, we're outdoors, and that's why, you know – that's our biggest detriment, you know. Right. We are in a public park. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you know, we're we're at the, we're beholden to the weather. And half the times it rains and we go down there with wet vacs, believe it or not, we suck the water off the cord and we groom it and we get we get the we get the games in to our credit. 
we get the games in unless it was, you know, like a, a monsoon. So I was, I saw a picture of those courts and one, they look like they're like synthetic outdoor courts or like, I don't know. They look beautiful. We just groom them. We groom them very, very well. I yeah. mean, we, we stay on top of it. What it's type of material? Room. It's tennis court clay, hard room. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. Now you mentioned club MVP. How, how does that work? How do you decide who the MVP is? Is it always you? It's really, <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you just always give it to yourself? <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Uh, it's very simple. It's it's an optional. And what I do is I say, uh, you know, part of the club, you get to compete for this the MVP trophy. Everyone, you get the you win the trophy at the end of the year for bragging rights, and you sign up. And you know, it's usually at the end of the year. So when I get a list of the names, I randomly draw brackets, two bra- two brackets, and then we just play double elimination brackets till we get to the end. And the last person standing okay. without two losses. Love that. Okay. So we do something similar. It's called the king of the court. Um, I I thought when you said MVP, it was, hey, we have these leagues throughout the year, and in the end, we vote on who we thought performed the best. No, no. But I I like that. That's pretty cool. Right. Well, just to go backwards, the gentleman who I – the first guy that I was with, he had something called the king of the hill, and I didn't want to take that same name. He said, you know what, club MVP. There you go. I like like that name, though. (laughs) Do you guys – do you guys do tournaments for like not non non club members? Like, oh, do you yeah, guys absolutely. play tournaments all the time? Yeah, my club has um, has a cl- members only tournament, and then we have throughout the year we have open to- money tournaments. And how many do you get? A lot of uh, different individuals outside of your normal play. Do yeah. people come from other cities? I don't know parts? if it's like this with you guys, but you know, there's a different skill level in the club, right? And obviously. The money tournament, you pay money <laughs> to win money. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of the people in the club really don't want to put up that fifty bucks or whatever it is if they really know they're not have a shot of winning. But I tell them, you're getting a day of bocce, you're getting breakfast, you're getting food, and what else are you going to be doing on this particular Saturday mm-hmm. that is that is that important? Right. So, but I do have teams from Queens, from Yonkers, from other parts of Long Island that do come and uh, and do the tournament. Tournament. How, how do they? How do they fare? Well, how do they fare against your club. Like, is it your club always winning, or other clubs? No, winning? no. See, New York, believe it or not, has a really, really good base of bocce players. Predominantly a little bit older, and they don't really travel as much. But there are some really, really good quality players, both downstate and you guys, you know, and upstate, obviously, mm. uh, upstate New York with the Natalies, you know, those guys. Mm. Um, they come down every once, you know, every once in a while they come from upstate down here. Connecticut comes. Um, so yeah, but we won our tournaments obviously, and they win our tournaments. It's really a good, a good mixture. And the, and the, and the, the issue is obviously court, you know, you, you know, you're used to your home court, but good players mm-hmm. adapt to this situation, put it that way, especially on a tournament that lasts a long day. And we don't, re- we don't do double elimination other than the MVP. Because that would take forever to do a round robin MVP. Yeah, we do strictly round robin tournaments. Uh, so you that. have either you know four groups of six, you know two groups of eight. We, I'm just throwing those numbers out. And we are not used to that. You qualify for the playoff round. Yeah, we are not. It's used like what you guys did in Detroit, right, Dante? You he, did a round robin into a single elimination. Your dad, right. your dad's talked about Anthony. He loves that because it gives you a chance to get warmed up, and you're not just you're showing playing. up to. Yeah, you're playing. I mean, I hated driving to Rome, New York, for the World Series of Bocce, mm-hmm. which is five and a half hours away, six hours away, and you know, you never lose the first night. They don't, you know, they don't send you home the first night. So mm-hmm. you you play one game, you know, the first night, and then the next night you play your next one. 
But I mean, to drive six hours, play two games, and then you're out. No. Yeah. You oh, we. Play. we Sometimes we drive two hours, play two games, and we're out. We hit, we might be doing that this Saturday. No, <laughs> that was when we first started. I mean, yes. I, I think yeah. it, okay. I love the concept. I think time is probably. I got to think of the time factor in that. I'm not sure if anyone's looked at it from a time factor base. Is it longer or shorter, or about the same? No, so, because you're double elimination. You're always waiting at the end to play. Mm-hmm. You know the bracket. You're always waiting around to play that 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 second to last round. You know, the, yeah. it's inevitable. Yeah. So why why not play instead of just sitting around waiting? I like it. I, let's start advocating for more yeah, that, uh, round robin. No, I, I agree, but I think it makes you have to play on Sunday if you make the single, right? If you make the if you advance from your round my robin. To, my tournaments are never two day events because of the fact that we don't have a cover. Got you know, it. You you need you want to get that in in case it does rain. So All what's right. uh? Give me a number of teams and how long it typically takes with that style. So let's say we have 12 teams yep. start at nine o'clock in the morning, yep. generally five o'clock, six o'clock at night. I have four courts though. Don't forget if you have four courts, yeah, it does. Yeah. you're playing more games. And how many team, how many games are you guaranteed with your buy-in when you do that? It depends on what the, how many groups we do. If you're doing, you know, two groups of eight to 16 teams, you you know, everyone's playing at least seven games, right? You're playing seven people in your group. That's pretty cool. Which yeah, I'm trying to do that. But generally, you yeah. spread it out. You want to do like you know. I just was in a tournament upstate uh, New York. Uh, Gabe, he has the Waterside Club. I don't know if you ever saw it. It's a fantastic. It's a yeah, cigar lounge and indoor like bocce yeah. courts. Yeah. Gabe does a great job, and um, he did a tournament three groups of five, perfect with two courts. Um, it was, but he we did since it's far away. He did spread it out over two nights. So, but. Uh, Excuse me. Yeah. Yes. Two days. Two days. But it go. It believe me. It goes. You're playing. You don't care. If you're playing, it oh, doesn't matter yeah. how long it is. Right. I, I think you, you you touched upon something that we're trying. We're I don't want to say struggling with, but we're we're trying to figure out the key to is those individuals that don't feel like they have a, a chance to win that those that fifty dollar buy in. You know, we might hold a tournament in Columbus, and when they see like us play or maybe one or two other teams that are more competitive, they get turned off pretty easily. And they don't want to join and play because they feel like they're just donating their money. Of course. Two good words you said there. Well, the one good word, donate, donate, right? First time I went to the Nationals to play Punta Raffavolo, 2006, I think it was. I don't want to mention the gentleman's name, old guy. Hey, so where are you from? Uh, from New York. Oh, that's great. You know, it's really nice to see the young guys. And we're talking, talking. He puts his hand on my shoulder and he says, you know, we, we always need donors. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, man. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but, you know, you know, but I don't care. I mean, yeah. because, you know, it took me years to win a game in, you know, PRB game and nationals. So what, what, what we're fighting. It's an event. Right. One, it's it's an event, like you said. We, you, it's one of the best times I've had is are these bocce weekends. You know, you're with your right. friends, your close teammates, right? And then you get to meet this community. Everyone's there for the same reason. Everyone's having fun. However, you know, we, we like it because of that and because we're trying to get more and more competitive. And we see ourselves uh, continuing this on until, you know, we're put in the casket. However, right. there's a bocce community down here, which is it's a more social event for them. Right. right. So we're trying to figure out, you know, like what's, you know, how, how are we able to combine the two and make it fun for the social uh, average bocce player and your ultimate, you know, competitive bocce player. Uh, I think what what 
uh, ABC did was um, having the two silver and gold division. That's something we, we floated around, and, and that could be a possibility. Yeah, now, having that second chance, and uh, you met Guy DeSantis, right? Dante? You know, I don't know if I had the pleasure to meet Guy DeSantis or not. Um, right. Well, well, you know, he runs that Las Vegas tournament. Yes. Right? Himself, his brother Frank, Jack, Mike from California. Mm-hmm. Um, that tournament is another good example of what you just said. That is a, you, you know, you, you compete in it, but you have a, it's called the second chance tournament. And a good, a good example is myself. I, two years ago or three years ago, I wasn't going, I wasn't going. And last minute, I said, you know what, I can go. So I call, and I know Frank, his brother, and I spoke to the guy. I said, hey, listen, I really want to come. You have anybody wants to play? Sure enough, there was two guys in California that needed a third player because it's three men, six ball, three men. I'm like, awesome. Had my shirts made up, you know, ready to go, get out there. Started the first round. I don't even know if we won a game. I think we won maybe one game the first round. This is Vegas, right? This was in Vegas, and yeah. I have to ask, is this in the conference? Because I keep explaining it, but I've never been there. Is this in like a hotel conference room, like on carpet? Correct? No, it's not a conference room. It's a hotel room. I mean, I'm bad with square foot. I mean, it's thousands of square foot without yeah. a column anywhere. It's huge. <laughs> Just to put it this way, there's a uh, – on the same floor, and it's on like a second floor, there's a full rodeo stadium right next – Next to your doors, there's horses and bulls and there's cowboys. And it's awesome. Is it, car- is it like a, a pattern? I'm sorry. It's, it's, get- it's carpet. But what makes it good, like the pepper mill also has another tournament, indoor tournament on the carpet, but it's padded, so you can't shoot. You shoot, the ball bounces, boom, boom, boom. Okay. But at the uh, South, I think it's called South Point Hotel, it's a thin layer of carpet over concrete. So it's you, it's true. It's really good. And sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. Continue no, about no, guy. No, no worries. So obviously we didn't advance uh, for the primary, so we advanced to the second one. We won, I think, six games in a row, and we we came in first place in the second chance. Same players. Yeah. Right? right. It's just, you know, that's how I met um, – Chris Kamilski, right? You know Chris? From Kentucky. Yeah. From Chris Kentucky, Chim. Lexington. He always just yeah. told me to call him Chris Chim because I, I, I don't know how to say his last name. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And He'll Mike and his wife, their mm-hmm. wives. Oh, they're great. Yep. Holly and uh, fantastic. Holly and Kathy. Holly and Kathy. I love them. They'll be on the podcast soon enough for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah so when, you, when, you watch, when you watch the high stakes, it was me, Mike, and Chris on a, on a team yeah. together. Yep. Yeah. That was the Chris is a good dude, man. Yeah, definitely. Holly and so really, that's Kathy the point. I mean, having the opportunity to do a second chance, <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe will draw those people, you know, that are hesitant. So you mentioned, you know, you're the president of the American Bocce Club. You mentioned a moment ago the Nationals and PVR. So some people listening who might be, you know, maybe Northeast Ohio area, they might know PVR. Some a handful of them. Um, right. I didn't know PVR up until, you know, within the past year. So can you tell us and our listeners what PVR is and what the Nationals, the USBF, your involvement? Because I know you're pretty – you were involved, maybe the vice president on the board. Yeah, in uh, – oh, Jesus, 2008 – 2000 – basically the history with me with the USBF was um, once I got into bocce, I did a lot of, uh, you know, research. I'm like, oh, my God, there's a federation for bocce? It's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Sent in my membership. Got to know other people, and um, I actually, you know, 
I'm going to send him, you know, this link to watch this when it goes live. There's a mentor. I call him my, he doesn't know, but he's a mentor of mine, Mike Grasser from Da Vinci Bocce. Okay. That guy, as far as I'm concerned, you know, he's the guy for Bocce, you know, resource. So we got to talk and we became friends. Um, I went to the Palazzo de Bocce. I got to, I, that was the first time I was there, played in the Nationals. And what it was, was Punto Rafa Volo. PRV. PRV. And then the difference between PRV and what we play known as open bocce, right? Open rules bocce. In PRV, there are zones on the court. So like from the center line further down, that first zone is the volo zone. Volo meaning flight. So let's say I'm playing you, Dante, and um, you roll the Polino right over the center line, and then you roll your first ball you know, right there, you know, right next to the Polino. Mm -hmm. If it's not within five inches of the Polino, 13 centimeters, whatever that is in, in the conversion, <laughs> mm -hmm. if it's, if it's the, the 13 centimeters or less, I could hit either the ball or the Polino. However, if it's further than that, that designated zone, the only way you could really displace that ball, your target, your target ball, they take a tool and they scribe, they scribe a line on the synthetic with chalk, 40 centimeters. And I actually think I wrote that down because I said, what is it in case they ask me? Yeah. <laughs> Prepared. Was, I love that. 40 yeah. centimeters is 16 inches. So if you draw a line, and now you have to throw your ball in the air, mm -hmm. and you either hit the ball, the target ball, on the head to get rid of it, or if you bounce your ball in that area, Right? What I say? 40, 16 inches. Yeah. And then it hits the ball, it's legal. Okay. But if I if the ball my yeah. ball hits the ground before that mark and then hits the ball, it's an invalid throw. It's called rule of advantage. Dante looks and says, you know what? I like the way it is, leave everything the way alone. If not, my ball comes out. It's a dead ball. Okay, I like that. So you have the choice to see how it ended up, and you're like, actually, you know yes. what? I, I don't mind this. And rule go of advantage it. is key. So that's the volo zone. Now, the next zone beyond that is called the Rafa zone, which is shooting, you know, mm -hmm. the way we throw hard. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if a ball is in there, you you still could volo it. I mean, if you're a great voloer, you know, <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> like uh, Luca, Luca Viscusi in Italy and probably Jose, Jose Bodo, yeah. you know, if you're those guys, you're hitting these, you know, 75-foot volos. I'm not. <laughs> so if the bocce is there, I'm, I'm shooting the way we normally shoot, Rafa. Yeah. And hit it out. Now, the Polino, you could Rafa anywhere on the court. You okay. could shoot the Polino anywhere on the court. Okay. The only caveat with the with the, the Rafa zone, remember I said that? When you shoot, you have to make sure your ball, when you throw the ball past the point line, there's another line on the court. I'm, I think it's 13 feet. Your ball has to be in the air before it and then touch the ground before it keeps going. Oh, jeez. I know it sounds complicated. Yeah. I know it sounds like there's a lot of rules. But when you see it, I'm sure it's, it's easier you don't to even, understand. Yeah. Yeah. No, but the, what I love about PRV is that it's pure bocce. There's no, I roll my ball, I make a point, my opponent rolls a ball, he hits his own ball five feet in front of that ball, that ball then pushes my ball out, and now he's sitting two. Yeah. It's, I hate that. Or you, or you hit the ball to the back wall, and it's just a crab shoot from there. Right. Yeah. Another funny story is when we first started playing, me and my friends, you know, holy crap, you know, this is great. We're bocce players. We went to a local tournament. They were 90, they're 100 years old, these players, these people. 
with the there was this one woman Mary with a walker, and we got our <laughs> uniforms on. And we were like, we're hot crap. Can we kick your ass, Mary. And they can't. They're, they're just like throwing balls and they're bouncing off of things, and I'm like. How did we lose that game? <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the refereeing in that, is there always a referee needed or is it self-refed? Well, there's always a referee needed, but if, you can self-ref, but it's easier if there's a referee because now every ball is marked, too, you know, on the court. Yeah. You know, you put a line behind it. I have one style. Dante will have another style. I'm sorry. I'm very bad. Chris? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. My short-term memory. You're good, man. Time. I stink with names. Yeah. Because extreme... So Extreme botching Canada plays it this way, right? Dante, is that who it is? The uh, one in Canada? I believe. The guys we always see on Instagram yeah, that always yeah. play PVR. They play PVR, for yeah, for the most part, I believe. Oh, you know what? I don't know if they do play PVR, because I've seen some stories where they do open as well. They do a little bit of both. They might do both, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really, if you play it, and then you play it a couple more times, you'll really like it. Mm-hmm. You'll really, really like it. I mean, because, like I said, it takes it takes all the luck out. And it's pure skill. No sideboards. You can't use the sideboard. And, um, you know, just like my courts, when I build my courts, I, I actually cut I actually cut my broom. I have a seven, you know, a couple of seven-foot drag brooms, and I cut the ends on a little diagonal. Yeah. Just a little bit. So when you sweep, you get that nice little, mm. you know, roll out, little uh, bank yeah. out, yep. you know. But it's it's a great game. So it's you, a really great you game. You like bocce in the purest form. So you're telling me you don't like the back wall live that we do in uh, Cleveland and Youngstown? <laughs> That's why I said that. Uh, I told I said, look, I may say something that you guys, I'm, I'm going to be hated. So All right. No, so we're done with this. We're done. Yeah. The swinging backboard that hit the ball back out. Well, that's, yeah, that's crazy. But, uh, you know, my board, my backboards are swinging boards because you want that. The ball has to hit that and it's supposed to be dead, you yeah. know, dead around there. But, you know, the rule with the backboard live, I just, to me, you get rewarded for mistakes, for yeah. missing, missing, mixing. And all of a sudden you can get four points from hitting that, that Polino, the last shot. Yeah. And now you got four points. And I friggin' took notes. I left it in my room. About I watched that high stakes game, and I was actually keeping track. I think in the final, how many times they would shoot for the backboard, and the ball is live there. I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah. But that's a different story, and I want to touch on that a little bit later on. When we start talking about the Olympics yeah. and the whole problem with this country about. <laughs> The different rules. Yeah, and before okay, so uh, here's what we'll do: we'll divert. Uh, we were talking about the USBF PRV. Yep. So the USBF, you know, the Nationals. Can you tell us, like, it's not just one area the USBF is in, right? It's maybe different sectors, or how does that work? Right. Well, basically, the the USBF is the governing body of the sport of bocce in this country. We're recognized by all the federations throughout the world. Mm-hmm. So. What it is now, there are there's the eastern sector, Maine to Florida, Midwest sector, and then the western sector. So it's broken up into three zones. So when I when I first, like I said, when I first came on, I was just a regular populist member, meaning I had voting rights for the eastern sector. Okay. After a couple of years, I became the eastern sector president, where I was just responsible for the eastern sector. You know, people want to know where's courts in Virginia. You know, where is this in Florida? Um, so I would handle those responsibilities. And then after that, that's when I became the vice president. Um, so the part of the federation, what, what the objective of the federation is, is both promote the sport of bocce and qualify teams or individual players to compete in the world bocce championships. And, you know, right now, 
there's, you know, there's always open bocce. Mm-hmm. And more and more over the years, the USBF is more embracing that to have open in the nationals because it has, it gives you a way to practice on the courts, you know, especially people that never play on synthetic. You're playing the open part in the beginning and then you play PRV. So open was not always part of the USBFs? Not that I recall. Okay. I All think right. maybe my first couple of years, I don't remember it being open, but I may be wrong. Yeah. I, I really may be wrong. But I like that they do that, obviously. So now you have one version. So they do they like have events or tournaments, you'd say, in the Nationals for open and also PRV? Or it's just like just the practice is open? And then no, it, there's, open, there's an open money tournament. There's an open medals tournament, I should say. Okay. Usually what happens is the host will have probably like a money tournament mm. in the beginning, the first day or two. They'll have an open money tournament. Mm-hmm. Then the next two days will be the USBF open bocce medal tournament. So you could win medals. Okay. And then after that is the PRV for medals tournament. Okay. Is that what we saw? PRV, we were watching um, Andy Zimmerman from American Bocce, who just hosted yep. me out in Chicago a couple weekends ago. Um, he won, He went silver in the singles. Um, but that's what, yeah, he, that's what we were watching, um, which I compare PRV, and this is not a great comparison, but like uh, uh, slop and pull. It's like you have to, you know, basically call your shot in a sense. Exactly. Um, and that's not yeah, the greatest that's exactly example, it. but yeah. Yeah, and Andy beat my two guys. From oh, my really? Jeff, Jeff O'Hare and uh, Brad Fair. Oh, man. Shout yeah. out to Andy so, if he's listening. But those guys are great. I mean, Maurizio and, you know, the, 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 Russ uh, Miles is freaking awesome. Oh, I, mean, I, I, I love those guys. I got to hang out with him as well when I went down and just play play with them. So, yeah, it was they were bragging about their medals. They were walking and they around. should. Yeah, right? And I was, they like, should. I was like, just because wait. that's the future. I mean, that's go that's fantastic that these guys and, and guys like you, you know, that's what's going to keep this game going, mm-hmm. you know? And – I loved it. Yeah. I love that. Uh, what's the woman's name? Lauren? Is that her name? Uh, it is Lauren. Yeah, I believe you are correct. Uh, right. Lauren McDerm- Mc- McD. Yeah. McD is Something what they call like that, them. Yeah. yeah, they call her McD. I met her at the Open, yeah. ABC Open, and uh, I saw her play, and it's like, you know what? This is great. Yeah. This is great. And I called you shortly after the Nationals just to be like, uh, like, hey, how do I get, how do I, you know, participate in this? So I'm already ready to go. I believe it's in June in Boston, right? Yeah, well, that's the last I heard. It's going to be in uh, Boston in June. Okay, so I'm looking forward. No, to this is the one well, actually, next. it's in Methuen, Mass. It's in Methuen. Okay, okay. And what'd you say, Ant? This is the one you guys want. This is the one you want to go to next year, right? This so is the yeah, 2022. Yeah, the Nationals. This is the one I, I I want to make a point to go to for sure. Without a doubt, we'll have to uh, live stream it. So that's something we're trying to get into more, Peter. I'm sure, as you said, you watch the high stakes tournament. Yep. So do you think there's a, a community out there that'll be interested in watching bocce? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of what we're aiming for. We're, you know, we're kind of a jack-of-all-trades right now in regards to what we're trying to do. It started as apparel. Then we realized, you know, holy crap, there's a huge bocce community out here yeah. uh, over, you know, the world, really. Um, and, and, you know, podcasting, social media. And then when we were at these tournaments, we started going on live streams streaming excuse me and then we stopped because we either had a game or something we would start getting messages like hey like why the live stream stop you know what, what are you guys doing so that's kind of like our next thing is trying to figure yeah. you know that out um, but we feel like that's you know something to <clears throat> highlight the game more allow other people whether you play bocce or not to see how much fun it is and you know, we think if, if, if that gets enough attention, there's opportunity to bring it to ESPN, maybe, the Ocho, well, you know, 
<laughs> like, well, he, so, exactly. So and, you, and I, I was, I used to be in the television industry and here is the issue ooh. that I, I met somebody many years ago, um, at a tournament. He actually was just there watching. It was the New York city wide bocce championships. That's another fun tournament where the, there's five boroughs in Manhattan. And then they have a tournament on a, on one Saturday for each of the five boroughs. And then the top two teams from each, the following week, they advance for the playoffs, and then you get crowned the New York City champion. That's pretty cool. But there was a gentleman there from ESPN, and we got to talking about you know what I do, what industry I was in, what I do, and um, I was asking him, how can we get this on television? You know, and he says that he was Italian actually. So he goes, I've known Bocce all my life. He says, what some people think is is nice, and the uh, what's the word the. Uh, the niche factor of the old man, the, the cursing and the yelling and the fighting, it's too slow. It's too, it's, it's too slow of a game mm-hmm. to hold people's attention. Yeah. Now, that was, like I said, that was probably 15 years ago. I think that there's ways you can do it now. Um, and if you watch, do you guys watch uh, the Italian League at all, the PRV Italian League? I've watched highlights on YouTube. Um, and, right. and let me guess what you're going to say. Do they have a, t- a shot timer like on the wall? Is that what you're going to talk no, about? No, they okay. don't have a shot timer. Okay. But when you when you see people that are all uniformed, everything is matching. There's officials. There is you're playing the timing. You're you know it is right. I mean, there is a time limit, but there's no shot clock or anything like that. That is an interest. That to me, because it's it's it looks like a sport, mm-hmm. not just a bunch of older guys cursing, mm-hmm. smoking, drinking beers. And I, I, I like all that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I don't like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I see cornhole and I see axe throwing and I see can jam and slam ball and whatever the hell these things are. <laughs> um, but if you look, there's a look about it, right? There's a look that the production companies are doing to make them look like athletes, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think you have to get beyond, you know, just having cameras or a live stream at your local club and going to them and say, Hey, look, let's put this on TV. You need, you need a brand, you know, you need something like that. So, uh, that's just my, that's just my take on it. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, that's a, but I think it is picking up. I think, I think that, People like you and American Bocce Company, um, you know, I would love to get involved with people. I've always talked to to Miles and those guys. Said anything you and Andy. I said, look, let's. I want to collaborate. I want to. I want to take this to the next step. You know, yeah. the next level, because I think it is. It's an untapped resource. I really think so, and especially with technology nowadays. Mm-hmm. It used to be you'd have to videotape it and then edit it and then you know package it and then bring it to the network and say, "Hey, put this three quarter inch cassette tape in and whatever." <laughs> so now it's easy. Yeah, and I completely agree with you what you said. Like any way we can to help take this to the next level, and I think you know we feel the same way with <laughs> with that. So we'll have to put our brains together here and get 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 working for sure. So on Absolutely. that note. Next subject would be Olympics. Yeah, I mean, why don't we do transition to that? So here's what Absolutely. I want to say. I want to get ahead of it. Is like I don't. I think it should be known. In my general opinion, like it, this isn't even a surprise. If when Bocce does, it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. In my opinion, when Bocce gets to that next level, makes the Olympics, it's it's obviously going to be on PRV or open. You know, like back wall. Obviously, is not going to be a a live thing, right? So I know well, there's there's always know. a big discrepancy. It's like, oh well, you know, Cleveland they play back wall live. It's like, yeah, but 
they also, if they wanted to, get involved in the Nationals, if they really had a care, they would they would make waves just as well in mm-hmm. in in you know in that that realm. So Bocce, when it does get to that point to the Olympics, it'll be back wall dead. With that being said, what do you think it's going to take to get to that level? You have experience, I would imagine, talking well, about Well, going back to my time, I believe, like my last year on the board, uh, the president of the time, I think it was Jerry South, I'm not really sure, but we were in talks with the International Olympic Committee about getting Bocce, not, not open Bocce, it was Rafa, okay. PRV, PRV. Okay. Instead, of, instead of saying PRV, Jerry say Rafa, you okay. know, getting Rafa into the Olympics. And what the feedback I heard was that there's a few problems that the, uh, the IOC uh, mentioned. One basically is we don't even have enough teams registered in our federation. You don't have enough registered teams in the federation. We all can't even agree on how to play the game. Right. And what, what is the biggest uh, uh, disagreement, I guess, in how to play the game? Is it PRV or open? No. Um, well, the, Yes, it'd be the open, not the PRV is PRV. That's set from South America to Canada to Asia okay, so, to Europe. Yeah. Everybody plays PRV. Yeah. The way it's supposed to be played. Mm-hmm. I don't again, I don't know. I mean, I've been to Italy once in my life. I've never saw an Italian from Italy play open bocce. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know if they do. They yeah. may. Right. But I know a friend of mine who was Italian. His uncle came and said, what are you guys doing? What, what are you playing? You know, like, what is this? Yeah. So, so would you say that's the problem that, you know, it's just the, the, the two, you know, I, I, I went to this one club here that just uh, they've been around for a while, but I just wanted to check them out locally. And and I'm watching them play. And I'm like, you're shooting. The ball hits the backboard. Sometimes the ball is dead and sometimes it's not. And I'm like, I couldn't figure it out. So I asked one of the guys, and he says, well, what they do is if you shoot the ball, ball or Polino, and it hits the backboard, and it bounces within four feet, if it's within four feet from the backboard to like this line, it's alive. But if it hits the backboard and bounces beyond the line, it's dead. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's one crazy ball. I played in a tournament in, God, I don't know, Delaware. I think it was Delaware. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget. This guy was so proud. He uh, he goes, we play this. You throw the Polino. If you're bocce, your ball, when you roll to throw your ball, if it doesn't cross over the center line, it's a dead ball. It comes off the, uh, comes off the court. Kind of like shuffleboard. And his whole thing was, you know, well, you know, you, you, we're going to force you to, uh, to burn balls. I said, well, look, if I'm confident in my shooting ability, you, you throw the Polino, I may just want to take one shot at the Polino to start. All right. You know? 100%. Another place they play leaner or kisser. You ever hear that when uh, the Polino? Where it's like more worth more points or something like this? Yes, you get a, you get two points. Yeah. Mario Lopez and Rodney. Mario Lopez. We're gonna send this directly to yeah. them. DM. You hear so this? We, <laughs> we had yeah. uh, Mario Lopez's really good friend on because they play yeah, they play bocce. Oh, I'm sure you might have listened to it, but yeah, I did. Yeah, that's how they play. But keep going, Mario. Stop with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he he said we don't play robots. He's like those guys. They're shooting. Uh, they're shooting sure. marbles. They say that's why. When yeah. we, well, in Cleveland, Cleveland and Youngstown, we're pretty shoot heavy. You probably seen with the back wall yeah, being live. Absolutely. Um, so he saw the, you know videos of that. He's like, you guys are shooting marbles, which you know if you're used to a certain way, it's understandable. It's a huge, huge advantage to be able to shoot. You guys know we're we're talking to each other. We're you know mm-hmm. preaching to the choir kind of thing. Right. You know, and I tell people that. You know, I said, look, when I first started shooting, when I first started learning how to shoot. 
I was missing by four feet. I mean, I wasn't even coming close. And you just got to stick with it, stick with it, stick with it. And now, now I'm 100%. <laughs> I love that look you gave right after you said that. Well, yeah. You got to teach Anthony then. He's our shooter. Yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's, it's great to have in your arsenal, boy. You break that out, especially if you have four guys that can point and shoot, obviously. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, these rules are a very it's – a, it's a detriment to the sport. And – People just look. You go to, if I go to your house and you're cooking something, I'm not gonna. Why are you cooking like that? I'm gonna respect you and I'm going to eat mm, your food. That's and, a big thing, right? You know, but to take it to the next level, everybody needs to be on the same page. So but I, I personally don't think, and this is what I said to you. I don't think I'm. You know, I hope people don't get mad at me, but I don't think open will ever be in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. You definitely need to have structure. And like you said, you know, it, it needs to be a structured event. You need to have referees and you have uniforms. That, that's, that's how you get to the next level and, and, and attract people. It is fun to watch like our live streams and stuff because you do have guys you know, cursing, <laughs> drinking beer, smoking yeah. cigarettes as they're throwing the ball. However, <laughs> to get to the next level, it's not going to fly that way. What I do with my court, my courts during league night, during league night, there are guys that we, we drink, we have beers, you know. I said, guys, look, I don't want drinking on the court during play. I don't want you standing there with a beer. I said, because there are people that come, there are people that are watching, and it's not a good image. Mm-hmm. You want to be out, you know, you want to be outside the court? I'm, I'm okay with that, you know. That's fine. Same thing with smoking. You know, a lot of guys smoke cigars. I like cigars too, but there are a lot, it's a health issue too. I mean, I, I deal with people, they don't want no smoking at all. I said, look, folks, I respect you, but I also respect people that do like to smoke. So you cannot smoke on mm-hmm. the court. You step out of the court yeah. six inches away. <laughs> if you're out of the court, you could smoke because yeah. that's, you know, somebody on the court is playing. They could walk to the other side of the court. Yeah, it's, right. it's a respect so, thing, too. You know, have some, it's a respect thing, too. You know, like, Absolutely. hey, you know, um, but so oh got to just slip my mind for a second. USBF. Oh, yeah. So it, it upsets me because, like, me just being new to the PRV, it's like, it shouldn't be such a, an issue. Like if that, that's the purest form, which if that's how it's played, it, that should you know there shouldn't be a discrepancy with the rules. If you really like the game of bocce and you really want to see it progress, I j- I'm I'm on board with you. You know, in that sense. Yeah. However, what other than you rules? Could, you could do both. Yeah, right. You could still play open. Yeah. I mean, no doubt. Yeah, right. But, but you know, the sport that's recognized internationally is is Rafa is yeah. PRV. So the the issue there is though, like, how do we if it is PRV? How do you get these other clubs to say, you know, start playing that way? Have have a night where you do play that way. I think like, need, they need to see. They need to see PRV. They need to see the nationals. They need to see. That's what got me hooked. Well, I think the point yeah. I'm trying to make is is so. If, does USBF believe PRV is the way to go? USBF is PRV. Okay, sorry. Okay. Yeah, so no, so I. So, they, they are embracing open because okay. they know that this country plays open. And they know that there aren't as many, obviously, PRB players than there are open players. So, but the federation was, if I remember correctly, the federation was founded with PRV involved, okay. you know, in mind. Right. So you know? I, I think Now, to answer your question about how you want to, you know, the problem with PRV is you really need a, a, you need a somewhat longer court. You know, you probably need at least a 76-foot court mm-hmm. to, uh, to play. Okay. PRV because of those zones that I was talking about. But, you know, the Federation at one time had a, uh, 
I believe it was like a training program. Like, you know, there was, it was announced, you know, amongst the community where they had officials come in and they actually trained people how to be PRV officials. So you could actually official a game. So I would recommend either I would do it or we'd talk in future, speaking with the USBF, having one of those training programs. And then you guys, you have somebody from your area who's into it, come learn how to play the, the rules the way they are. And then you take it back and then you introduce it. So that was, that's how we did it. Yeah. That's exactly kind of, that's why where I was going. So I, I think my thing was, why isn't the USBF reaching out uh, and trying to expand the, or maybe they are, I mean, I, well, you know, I, I'm not on the board. I'm a member. I'm a USB member. I don't. I really don't know what the plans are. Yeah. You know, maybe they. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Right. But even I, you know, look, I'm not. You know, I'm not a hundred percent on every. I mean, there's a lot of rules. Right. I can play the game. I know the concept of it. I can do. I could help. Brad there in my club. He's a he's a certified uh, Rafa official. We would love to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that. I think that's a really good idea. We should. I mean, we we have the community now where we can reach out to people from different cities, all these areas, yeah. and we could, you know, reach out to USBF and figure out. I really want to get like this weekend. I'm, we're going to a tournament in Cleveland, and I really want to like tell these guys like get into the, you know, get join the USBF and go to the nationals and learn PR, learn this stuff. I want to see. Just go. Just go right, and then it's a weekend away. It's bocce. That's how you sell it, guys. So what? We're away. Yeah. Who cares? You're, you're we're away. Go we're playing tournament. bocce. We're having fun. Plus and I, you know what it's like at these tournaments. I mean, what I love about this sport is the is is the social aspect of the camaraderie. Once I started going to the once I started traveling, playing not just nationals, but like if I went to a different state for a tournament, we made friends. And you know, if I wanted to stay in Michigan, I could pick up the phone tomorrow and say, "Hey, Mike, uh, can, can I have a place to stay just for you know for the two days? You're in California, St. Louis, you know." I'm hoping Dante, I could stay by you one yep, day. You got my cat. As long as you let my dog sleep with you, you got that's it. fine. Right. That's fine. So that's the that's the the beauty of it. You know, we're a community. Yeah. You know, it's it's a it's a tight knit community, and I don't know why people wouldn't. You know, I, financial obligations. I get it. You know, it's it's expensive to travel, and you know, I can't go to all the tournaments I want to go to. Right. You know, uh, speaking about friendship, Paul DeChico. Yeah. Yeah. He has been awesome with me because i want to give him a shout out and uh you know can i still say that yeah should i have not said shout out no, no, no shout out the, you're right on the money you're right on the money <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um i was supposed to go play at wickliffe last year yeah but my friends wanted to go to the abc open because I, w- I was speaking with paul all you know during last year i'm like paul i'm really sorry they want to go to the abc open no problem he said but i kept in touch with him i'm actually trying to get Four more courts built on my courts and a cover. Oh, so go. Paul, he's been helping me, you know, learn the dynamics of putting on like the, the Cleveland Cup Challenge mm-hmm. or Challenge Cup. You know, like he, he's explaining to me the dynamics of that, which I could actually present to my town and say, look, if we have a four day tournament, this is what is going to come in. This is how it benefits us. Uh, and this is why we need a cover. Yeah. So, again, camaraderie, friendship. This guy didn't know me, you know. A year and a half ago, he probably never even heard of me. Mm. And now I spoke to him yesterday. Hey, how'd you meet him? I had a meeting with the town. How'd your meeting go? Wow, we were talking about it for a while. And um, he said, if you have a tournament in the spring, call us. He goes, I guarantee we'll come up. We'll come up. I'm like, 
you got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, a great, it's a great social. So thing. how did the meeting go? The meeting could have been better, but I'm still optimistic. It's because maybe, maybe these people don't have the passion or the desire that I have. Like Bocce is like not really on the radar for them. Mm-hmm. But I need to probably do a better job, even though my friend said I did a fantastic job, but I stay on it. I stick I stick with it. We're supposed to have another meeting in January and I will keep pushing. You know, I, I coach Special Olympics and I tell them, I said, look, it's too hot for the for the Special Olympics athletes. It's too hot for the summer, you know, during the, for the seniors. You can't we don't have a tree around the whole court. I mean, it's yeah. oh, 99 degrees. Yeah. I said it's a health issue. It's also, you know, you, the heart shoe dries and blows away. We have sprinklers, but we're constantly maintaining the courts. So I try to tell them, like, it's cost-effective. It's a health issue. We really need to do this. Yeah. So well, but Paul's been great. Oh. And uh, Russell from the Tokalana Club, uh, Russell uh, Johnson, I think his last name. I don't know if you know him from the World Series of Bocce. Russell's been – he's been another guy. Because I try to pick the brains of people that run these things. They have the experience. Right. So – I got some good information from them, and I'm like I said, I'm being hopeful. Yeah, and do you know the team that won the Cleveland Challenge Cup of Bocce this year? I know they were a New York team. Yeah. Um, what was the water? No, what was I always messed up their name? Their team. Yeah. Name. Was it, it was Natalie on that team? I, I I'll tell you the truth. My short again. Here's my short term. Right. Memory. No, I understand. I, I forgot who the players were, but uh, you know, I watched it. Yeah, yeah. So regardless of that, we you mentioned the Cleveland Challenge Cup of Bocce. You mentioned the World Series of Bocce. The, you know, uh, we're part of this group, Facebook group, um, that was predominantly Ohio players that now has uh, grown more into basically like a all of America thing. But they talk about like the biggest tournaments, like what they call the considered um, a classic, you know, a tournament classic. So you have the Cleveland Challenge Cup of Bocce, you know, the World Series in uh, Rome. What would you consider, I guess, your... Like per- the majors. Yeah, majors. That's the word, not yeah. classics. Well, um, I'm... My goal is to have the Long Island Bocce Championship, something like that. Yeah. You know, now, some kind of New York name I'll eventually get to. But, you know, right. like, that's how I actually sold it to the town. I said, if we have a cover, I said, we can get people from California, from Michigan, from Chicago, from Cleveland, from Toronto, from Connecticut. You know, these people will come. Mm-hmm. They're not going to book a flight or a hotel room for four days. And then the first day they play and the second day, third day it rains. Yeah. And and they were receptive to that. They They want that to happen, you know. Mm-hmm. I was kind of glad when he said, because I try to like tell them the other areas that are developing. Like, like we mentioned Santos, Santos uh, Babylon Bocce Club. Yeah. He actually has a partner, Angelo. The, he's in my uh, club as well. You know, they're getting, they have two courts right now. The club isn't even in existence. It just started mm-hmm. and they got like 60 members already. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, and they're, you know, I actually went to the meeting, the town board meeting with him and Angelo. And I did my pitch, like, this is why it needs to be done. You know, and I talked about, you know, same things we just talked about. And uh, they loved the idea. I told them about how important Special Olympics is to the community, about the seniors need a place to go, especially in the COVID environment. You know, instead of if you can't be indoors, you're outside. Um, And they loved it. And those guys are doing a great job. And they're going to get they're going to get two more courts right on a beach. Beautiful area on the south shore of Long Island. So I'm really excited about really excited about that. So adding on to that, this question, um, you know, like I said, there's the World Series of Bocce, Cleveland. Like, what what do you consider your favorite tournaments or the biggest ones that mean the most to you? I've never been to the Cleveland tournaments. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I can't really, I can't make a you know a, a, an accurate um, 
decision. Mm-hmm. I love I, I, the World Series of bocce to me is an event. Uh, they play one ball each, you know, everybody on one side, you know, we, we don't normally do that. We pair two and two, mm. they play backboard live. But again, like we talked about, if I go to someone's house, I'm not going to disrespect them. I'm going to play the game. Right. You know, I'm going to enjoy it. Yep. I love that they have the bands and the vendors and just, it's an event. And that's what I really like about it. We haven't been um, yet. I, you know, you know, like I, the tournament that Gabe just threw up in, uh, you know, up in Phoenix, New York at the Waterside club. I thought that was, he did a great job on that. Um, and just all the nationals, the nationals are a great event. You have open, you have, usually have a, a money tournament and you have the PRV, you know, if you could dedicate seven days away, you know, you're playing bocce for a long time and you're, you're meeting great people and you're playing high caliber bocce. That's so the thing. roundabout, did I answer your question? You, Unfortunately, no, you know, yeah, you nailed it in the seven days yeah. though. That's what I saw. Like uh, when I was watching the live, I was like, he went, he went live on Instagram seven days in a row. I was like, how <laughs> he's gotta be tired. But you don't got, you don't have to do it. You don't have to play in the money tournament. Yeah. You don't have to play in the open, but it's usually good to play in the open, but right before. Mm-hmm. So don't do all seven, just do yeah. Rafa and do an open. Yeah. I'm definitely in. I can't wait. So, Peter, we have we typically end our podcast with one question, but before we ask you that question, I wanted to ask you if there's anything else that you wanted to discuss. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Come on. Because come with we, it. we really need to talk about this. Let's How, go. Do we have time? Oh my yeah, God. we have all We're hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> I just, we didn't so want to. We, I, your time. I didn't, we digressed and I didn't finish my thought on the uh, Olympics. Mm-hmm. So, I got to put my reading glasses on now. Yes. Let's go. Okay? Let's do this. So, I have in my hand, <laughs> this is from last year. So this is the Olympic bid process of bocce, bowls, bulls, and patank for the 2024 Paris Olympic Games, right? You guys talked on one of your uh, other your earlier podcasts, I think, about, hey, Par- uh, there's supposed to be bocce in the Olympics coming up. Now, I think I heard that. Twenty twenty. We were trying to get it in twenty twenty eight. I think we mentioned when it would be in America. Um, we never meant. I don't think we've ever mentioned twenty twenty four. Okay, right? so all right. It was briefly twenty twenty four. They tried, but okay. I think the realistic right. thing is. Do you know what sport got accepted? Oh, I know break dancing was in this past year's. That's it. I'm uh, very proud of you, Tyson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, isn't that ridiculous? Break, break <laughs> dancing in Paris. <laughs> isn't that all right, and apparently there was some chicanery going on here because. Uh, Basically, the, the federations all got together, the Olympic Committee and the, uh, the world governing body of bocce, the, uh, um, I forget the acronym. But it says here, however, International Olympic Committee and Paris 2024 organizing committees haven't followed a very transparent process and declared the breakdancing to be included in the games with three other sports which had already been added to the Tokyo 2020. Sport climbing, surfing and skateboarding Amazing. so and there's a whole other things in here i'm not going to bore you to death on it but paris would have been a perfect place because they play you know there's the, there's the uh, the bull there's a federation that covers bocce lawn bowling patonic bulls you know they thought that it would be advantageous for paris to be able to get it in because they play a bull game mm-hmm. a, a bowl you know a bowl game but when i you know According to this document, things were done not at the right time, and it 
somehow breakdancing got into 2024. <laughs> they don't even play PRV in breakdancing. <laughs> no, I don't understand it. It's now, all if open. they shot, if they were doing shooting, doing breakdancing, yeah. I may learn how to do it. Yeah, yeah right. You know? that's, that is ridiculous, though. And that, that's why I always say it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. It's like if breakdancing is in, then yeah. how far are we? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, I just want to give another thing here. So I, I became friends with... Uh, the Italian leagues, the president of the uh, my favorite club, and I hope he's going to see this. I'm going to send, I'll let him know about it. So, my favorite team in the Italian leagues. This is their jersey. He sent me a jersey. Love that. And they are. It's from Cacialanza. That's the name of the uh, the, the the club. Uh-huh. And uh, Luigi Sardella is the president, and he sent me their uniform this year. That's because nice. I'm always watching them live. I'm the geek that gets up early in the morning and I watch live and I like to do live chat, you know? And, oh, I love and that. They mentioned my name during the broadcast <laughs> a couple of times. So, uh, that's awesome. So it's, uh, it's awesome. I, like- I look, I love this game. I don't even call it a game. You know, my motto on my club is bocce. It's a sport, not just a game. You know, that's really how I feel. I treat it as a sport, not a game. So, but I love that. you know, I encourage you to watch them. Yeah. hundred percent. Exactly where do you, where do you watch them at? How do you, how do you, YouTube is a Valia A V E L I A H D. Okay. They stream it's a streaming service. Avalia HD. Avalia HD. Just you know, subscribe to them and they'll send you when they're live when when they're broke there's the broadcast off for like a better word. Yeah. And those guys are great too. I I know the guy that runs that, Andrea. We've been talking and uh, um, they made mention of me and it was pretty, pretty cool. It was pretty, pretty cool. Something I love that you told me you did uh, or that you do when I met you at the at Palazzo de Bacci was that you usually get like the tournament poster, tournament brochure and have, you know, people sign it that you met along the way. And yeah, I, I would have had. Yeah, I love that idea. That's um, pretty cool. I started keeping. Yeah, if I would have remembered, I would have I, I have the programs for all the nationals that I've been to and um, I get it signed. And I, you know, when when I was in the TV industry, I had uh, had a nice office. I had, you know, the geek that I am. Whatever nice trophies I want, I had it all up. I had these all these programs framed with all the signatures. And people are saying, you know, who's this? I said, oh, that's Jose Bodo. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, Jorge Moreno. <laughs> that's uh, like the Quintana. Yeah. That's like, Dante Lovell like, no, from the Bocce Bros. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. But it's just something that I like to do. Uh, you know, I I did it off. I did a stupid like play off 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 broadway once it was actually about bocce believe it or not this woman found out about me and wanted to be like a technical advisor and i actually went to the readings and um she said you want to try out for a part i said sure so i i tried <laughs> out for the part she gave me she gave me a part and um at the end of it there was you know everybody all the actors were going around and having the script signed so that's how i that's pretty I interesting remember that I'm like, that's fantastic Makes sense. That's well, a good. That's a good little story there. And look at you, have some acting skills. Sure, I do it all. Yeah, <laughs> jack of all trades. <laughs> so, yeah. Chris, you want to go ahead and ask the question? Yeah. So, at the end of every podcast, uh, we ask uh, what your favorite bocce memory is. It could be a certain shot, could be a story, it could be, you know, something that randomly anything to do that has to deal with bocce. You know, I watch you guys. And I know that this question comes. So I'm try- I was trying, like, what are you going to say? You know, what, what could you possibly say, you know, that you don't want to sound like an idiot? You know, I'm like, Ugh. but it's a great, it's really a great question to close with. So I, I admire that and I respect you guys for doing that. I would say that, and again, this is the, you know, the geek in me, like, 
um, I think whatever year it was, my one of the nationals, it was in Campo Dubachi in Livermore. I actually, I, I, I won the gold medal in the uh, Rafa shooting contest. Oh, nice. And it was good because there were some really good players that yeah. year. And, and um, that was like a proud moment for me, you know, because I'm like, That's holy huge. crap, I was relatively new. And um, and that happened. But there are two other things, if that's okay. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. One is my involvement with Special Olympics. Mm-hmm. I I literally almost cry when the co- when the other parents and the athletes come up to me and they say, you're my favorite coach. Aww. You know, I, I that that's really, I, I would say that would be the top. Yeah. You know, on that level. But really what happened um, at the ABC Open, it was my birthday. And at the end, there was a cake and everybody, the whole place was singing happy birthday to me. And that touched me because, again, getting back to, you know, we're a community. You know, who mm-hmm. the hell is this guy? <laughs> you know, he was singing happy birthday. Yeah. I, I found that really moving and touching. So Amazing. That's what makes us the best. I love that. I mean, it's, it's exactly what it is. We always preach it. And I think I say community on every podcast maybe 40 times, but it's the truth. Like, I, you know, we're, we're forever connected now. We're going to talk all the time. We're going to social media, you know, whatever it may be. Eventually we'll meet. But, you know, it's just it's the best it's the best thing that's happened to me recently, minus getting married. Um, just be, being involved in smart, this community, smart, meeting man. all these new people like we're going. We, ha- we haven't been to a bocce tournament in about a month and a half. Feels like six years. But it feels like it's been forever <laughs> because we were going to bocce tournaments almost every weekend. And I am right. so excited to, to get up there in, to, in Cleveland. We're going to play uh, at the NEO Sports Complex. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but you'll, no. we'll be on live stream this weekend. But really excited to get up there and to see everyone. You know, that's, yeah. that's what it's about. It's, it's a wonderful experience. It's a great event. It's, it's, it's great just to be able to be in this community. Just like I said, the friendships. But mm-hmm. word of advice, you know, newly married. <laughs> Two years. All right. Well, children? Uh, not yet. Okay, well, the world's going to change. I know, that's right? All. That's why but I'm get like... Your, get your bocce in hell. <laughs> there's going to be that dry spell. Oh, uh, yeah. It's probably going to be that dry spell. We need to find a replacement. I'm going to have Anthony babysit, and then I'll be able to go. <laughs> yeah, there oh, go. there you go. There you go. All right, Pete. Well, a pleasure to ha- finally have you on. We'll definitely podcast. have you back on. No yeah, that'll be, yeah, it'll be good. Be so. More stories to talk about for sure. Um, always check out thebocceros.com. Pete, do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, any... Yeah, I do. The uh, the oh, he's gonna get mad at me, but the, the Las Vegas National Open show, uh, tournament in Vegas. Yeah, March. You no, know, I mean I think there's like 44 teams out of the 64 already filled up. Okay. And that's uh, the first week in March, so I highly recommend that. Okay. If people check it out, I'll send you the information. I don't know if you could do anything with it. But yeah, we'll post it. He's on social media, so please, yeah, please. Guy DeSantis does a great job. Yeah, send that over. We'll make sure to share it. Yeah, send us any um, open tournaments you also have in your area that you'd like to post on our website because we put we try to put as many tournaments as we can. Well, we're we're done now. We're you know unfortunately we're we're all dry. For, for next year, if you have yeah, any plans for next, for next year. year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I should have my schedule within the next couple of months, and um, you know I'd love to welcome you guys. You know, if you of guys want to take a trip, you're here. You said so. You know, maybe if you could stay a couple extra days, play some bocce. Yeah, yeah absolutely. If you hit, if you hit a weekend, I'll make a work trip out of it into a bocce trip out of it. Trust me. Well, just send me your <laughs> schedule. Let me know when you're going to be in New York and we'll arrange it. We'll set some up around you. We'll do it. Okay. Awesome. Thanks again. All right, guys. All right, Pete, My we pleasure. appreciate it. Take care, Pete. Thank Take you. Care. Take care. Take care. That was a good one.